Uh, good morning, church family. Wow, man. I don't know. That, that song, that name, the name of Jesus, it, it's just a power chord for me. Uh, anytime I hear that name, it just, it lights a fire under me. Um, uh, but uh, we'll go along with that. Uh, we had our, our, our week of Camp Joy this weekend, and it was based on Romans fifteen thirteen, and that kind of goes along with that song, and, and it was kind of, uh, Lord was kind of speaking to my heart about that. It was talking about the power of the name of Jesus. Well, in, in Romans fifteen thirteen, and I'm going to read it here, and I'm going to have Brandon come up here. Yeah, Brandon, if you would, kids, would you come up? We're going to, we're going to uh, recite this scripture to you, but Brandon added a neat element during camp to it, and it was, um, he added some hand motions to it, and I thought it was really, really powerful uh, as the kids were, now I'm having technical difficulty, I'm feeling your pain, Dave. <laughs> so I'm going to let Brandon lead. Let's see. Where's my photos? Hold on just a second, guys. I'm sorry. Nope. Where you at, Brandon? Okay. All right. We're going to recite. From 13. Thank you, guys. You can have a seat. But as that goes along with that, God is our hope. God is the God is the provider of our hope, our joy, and our strength. And that's what we want these kids to understand: that God is the source of our hope and our peace, and our joy. Not the world, not our circumstances, but God. We want them, as Brandon so eloquently put it this weekend, and he showed them through a great illustration of when you plug in a fan, you're plugged in. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're plugged in. But how many of us are turning the fan on? How many of us, once we plug into that, Hope, that joy, and that peace. How many of us are turning on that hope, that joy, and that peace to share with others? I think we're losing that. We need to learn how to plug in, turn on that power, and share that hope, that peace, and that joy with the people around us at our jobs, at our schools. Everywhere we go, we should share that hope. Because you know what? Our hope, our joy, our peace does not come from our circumstances. It comes from the God of hope through the power of his Holy Spirit that lives in each one of us. That's what we want these young guys to learn. We want these young guys to understand that, that as they go through life, yes, there's going to be some unhappy times. But happy is not the same thing as joy. Their joy is found in the Lord. 
And we want them to know that, be encouraged with that. You heard the young Mr. Dave say that the, that the, the attendance in churches for uh, middle schools and youth, they're, they're dwindling. They're doing it here at home too because they lose hope. They lose that hope, that peace, that joy because the world starts surrounding them with all this other garbage. But we've got to get them plugged back in. We've got to get them plugged back in so, we can, so they can turn it on. But they've got to see the hope, the peace, and the joy in us. And that's what we hope our young guys and our young girls learn this weekend. We had a day and a night. A day and a night. And we hope in that day and that night, they learn something that's going to go with them for the rest of their life. That God is going to use 20, 25, 30 years from now, when they're going through a struggle, He's going to plug in and He's going to say, Hey, remember, I am the source of your hope. I am the source of your joy, and I am the source of your peace. Okay, listen to me. And he will use that memory, that song they learned at camp, those hand motions they learned. They will learn some of those and be reminded of that hope and that peace and that joy. And it will draw them out of their circumstances and bring them back to God. So that's what we hope that Camp Joy, that's what we hope that they learn this weekend. And we want to just say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of my village who came out and helped us. There was about 45 to 50 volunteers, including Word of Life, okay, uh, we just thank Brandon so much. He's always, his, his ministry is such a blessing to us. Word of Life is such a blessing to us. We, we, uh, we partner with them on Wednesday nights. We partner with them in all kinds of functions throughout the year. They have just tremendously, tremendously been a huge partner uh, for me and Dana and this children's ministry and Bible Fellowship Church. I can't express to you how uh, wonderful a partnership that is. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, thank you, thank you to your team. Thank you for Word of Life Institute. You heard a little bit about Word of Life Bible Institute up here a while ago. I am so blessed. Me and Dana are so blessed to be teamed. Bible Fellowship is blessed to be teamed with this group of people because they share our passion for youth and children. We've been to the camps at summer camp. We see what they do there. We see their love, their heart, and their passion for these kids to know the gospel. So it is a pleasure for us to partner with them on all kind of events that we do throughout the year. We do like three or four events every year with these guys, not including summer camp. And that's coming up. Summer camp is coming up, and we're going to partner with them as well. We want to take as many of these young youth, these kids, to Word of Life Camp because This weekend was just a small snippet, just a very small taste of what they get at camp. They will get a whole week of yes fun and just exciting. They'll meet new friends. They'll they'll just go through a lot of that week. But the one thing that we are most excited about, Word of Life is most excited about, is we get them for two hours a day, morning and the evening, we get to love on them and get the Word of God in their hearts for a whole week. So we are excited about being able to do that. We're excited that they get to go and be a part of that. But some are not able to go because financially they cannot afford it. We're reaching out to our community 
in our community and finding those families who can't afford, who, of unchurched kids who cannot uh, get to church for one, for one reason or another, who are not churched, who some of these kids came to our camp this weekend. Uh, I'll share a little story. I had one uh, person through different circumstances came all the way down, brought their kids all the way down from Davenport, Florida to come to our camp. Okay? So we are reaching out into communities and beyond. And, and God has a way of doing that. Uh, he had those kids here for that camp. But we have an opportunity. We've got some kids in, in our own community uh, who these kids came to this camp and said, Hey, it can, I have a friend who don't go to church. Can I bring them to camp? I said, You get them here, we'll get them there. We'll figure it out. You invite them, we'll get them here. So we need your help, your support to get those kids who otherwise wouldn't get there. We started a scholarship fund last year. We asked the elders and the board, and they agreed to allow us to set up a scholarship fund that you can give to throughout the year because uh, we have a lot of people who do come to us and say, hey, we want to sponsor a child to go to, to camp this summer. How can we help? And that way you can give as little as you, as you can and whatever you can. Okay, uh, and that just goes into that fund, and we take that money, and that mo- that money is strictly designated for scholarships and getting the kids there on on a net bus and getting them home. That's all that money is used for. So, uh, if you can and you want to support us, the envelopes are in the foyer; they're there all year long, so you can help us out and sponsor your child and doing whatever you can, whatever the Lord has laid on your heart. So, we just want to thank you. Uh, for that, and uh, we look forward to taking a village with us when we go this year. We have a 48-passenger net bus reserved, and I would like to s- fill that entire bus and make the adults have to drive uh, or ride up in a different vehicles. I want all kids on that bus, okay? So I've challenged our kids to invite a friend, to invite an unsafe friend. Believe it or not, guys, I get the pleasure of seeing these kids, disciple kids, uh, we had an event, if I may take one more moment to share. We had an event earlier this year, just a couple, uh, about a month ago. We had two young men, two young men who had been praying for a young man at school. And they had been doing this for some time, and they brought him a couple of times. Well, this particular time they brought him to this event, and they had been praying for him. He gave his life to the Lord at that event. And when I approached the young men, those young two young men got up when he went in the back. They walked alongside him and they sit beside him, one on, the, uh, on each side of him to support him when he went back for the counseling. And then I spoke to the young, uh, young, one of the young men afterwards. I said, man, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of both of you guys. He said, his only words back to me was, he was an answer to prayer. He was an answer to prayer. That's these little guys over here. That's what they're capable of. So we want to continue to disciple these kids so they can disciple other kids. We thank you for your support. We love you guys. Thank you for all you do for us. Thank you. Good morning. Are we on? 
I also want to thank Chris and Dana for doing that, pouring life into my two kids. And uh, for Camp Wingman this weekend, it was a fantastic blessing for us because we got to sleep in until 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that hasn't happened in at least 11 years. <laughs> this morning we were talking about things that encourage us uh, just in ministry here at the church. And, you know, there's a ton of things going on here on a Wednesday night. This place looks like a beehive that's been hit with a water hose. There's kids everywhere on a Wednesday night. And if you've been here, you know what I'm talking about. But what I'm encouraged most about is I like seeing the middle school and the high school kids who are here. And there's plenty of things vying for their time and schedules, whether it's sports or, or just social outings. You know, I've got high school kids who drive and they choose to drive here rather than anywhere else. And that's, that's extremely encouraging to me as well. And I'm, I ask myself, why does that happen? And about the only thing I can think of is, well, I know that some of them come for a good time to hang out with their friends, but I hope it's for truth because that's what we need today. We're constantly bombarded with lies, and a lot of them we pay good money for, you know, through our TVs, our phones, any of that technology. And without that steady diet of truth, we become desensitized to the lies of this world. We can't tell the truth from a lie, right from wrong, your truth from my truth. Truth is important. We start to get caught up in the chase of trying to fill the void inside of us. And we do it in different ways. Some of us do it through power, prestige, money, alcohol, drugs, any of those things. And it fills the void for a little bit, but then it goes away and makes it bigger. We need truth. We make decisions based on truth. And if we're given the wrong truth, we make bad decisions. And I think that's what everyone here on earth is searching for is for truth. You know, the big questions. What is the meaning of life? What am I here for? Why is there something rather than nothing? And there's going to be a lot of people out there who claim to have an answer. And they'll be more than happy to give you their answer. But when you try to share yours with them and it doesn't agree, there's a conflict that happens. Maybe you're dealing with it now. Maybe you've had that professor or, or teacher that challenged your beliefs in high school or in college. This is what I stand for, and they say, no, that's not true. This is the truth. Maybe that coworker pokes fun at you for going to church on a Sunday morning or, or Bible study on Wednesday night or you know, praying before you eat, whatever it is. Maybe they, they poke fun at you. Maybe they claim to be an atheist but spend all their time arguing against a being they claim not to exist. Kind of give me a head nod if you've had any of these encounters in life. Okay. There's a lot of bobbing heads around here, and that's a, that's a good thing. So the question is, how do you respond when these encounters happen? Do you tuck tail and run, hope they don't ask you anything? Do you fold and, and go along with their opinion just not to cause conflict? Or do you stand your ground? And how can you stand your ground if you don't have truth to stand on? Truth is universal. If it's true for me, but not for you, then it can't be true. Truth is truth. As believers in Christ, we do have a source of truth. We've got it right here in the Word of God. It might be in the pew. It might be in your pocket on your, on your phone app. It might be sitting on the shelf where it's been for the past three years, but we have truth. The problem is, I don't think we prioritize it as much as we need to. And you may be wondering why I'm going on and on about this. 
but the Lord has impressed upon me to ensure that the students in my youth ministry are solidly grounded in truth. Again, we're, we're, you're up against a multi-billion dollar industry in advertising that's targeting your children, this generation, and it's, in, it's targeting you. And honestly, it probably has all of us. We all fall for the snares. We all go for that shiny thing, whatever it means that's important to us. So what I do on a, on a Wednesday night, I unapologetically give them scripture. I have them look it up in their own Bibles. I want them to see it in their word. I don't want it to be what that guy at church was talking about. I want them to see it here. Okay, with my high school group, I bribe them with Jolly Ranchers. And it works sometimes. How many of you actually brought your Bibles this morning? Your own Bible from the house? Good. Todd, you need to get a whole mess of Jolly Ranchers. I didn't bring enough. So, um, but really, we, we, need, we need to have this source, uh, this source of truth. When we have it, it helps us. Let me show you something. Get your Bible out. Nancy, don't put it up on the screen. Why is having the Word of God important? So if you don't have your Bible, you can grab the, the black book right there in the, in the pew in front of you. And I want you to go to Philippians chapter 2. Brandon was talking about one verse out of Philippians chapter 2. This is another one. Philippians chapter 2. It's in the New Testament. And it's okay if you don't know where it is. Fumble around and find it. Ask your neighbor where it is. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Okay. The only way you get that is by going through the practice. It's the same way you learn any sport, any skill, is by, by practice. Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to take a look at verse 14 and 15. Why is this truth important? We can go out in the world and just be a good person. We can do that without this. And that's usually the world's answer. How do, you, how do you get to heaven? Just be a good person. Be a better person. That doesn't work. Here's what it says here. Verse 14 and 15, it says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, some say complaining, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Some translations probably say wicked and depraved generation. Is that where we're at? Twisted and crooked, wicked and depraved. Is that, is that where we're at today? Okay, this truth that's about 2,000 years old is just as applicable today. Okay, we can be good, so why be good? Well, keep going just another verse forward. Uh, so that we can be without blemish in a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, or stars in the heavens, some translations say, as you hold fast to the word of life. So we do these, we are different from our culture because of this. We have hope. We, it's because of Christ. That's the truth that we need. We're called to be set apart. And I want to show you something else. In your Bible, since you got it out and open, flip a few pages to your left to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1. That's a really neat sound. If you can't hear it from up from where you're at, it's neat to hear the pages slipping. That's you're hearing you're hearing the wheels turn. It's really cool. Okay. Let me show you something. And this this is what happens. So we're called to be set apart. This is uh, verse one and two. Paul, by the will of God, to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sothenes. Verse two is where I'm going. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. Sanctified means set apart. You're set apart for a special purpose. Keep going a little bit further, and it says, 
called to be saints. Does someone have something else? Holy. Holy. Old Testament, in Leviticus, it says, be holy as I am holy. First Peter says, be holy as I am holy. His standard has not changed for his people. But he calls you a saint. It's not just the guy who's in the stained glass window who's holier than thou, but us. We're saints. If you are sanctified in Christ Jesus, you're a saint. If you're not, you're an ain't. Okay? And we chuckle because all of us at one time were an ain't. Some of us still are. Brandon talked about it, just, and David talked about being uh, saved by faith when he was six. Faith in Christ and what he did on the cross. And that's what saves us. We're called to be saints. His standard has not changed, but we're never going to get there on this side of eternity. So how do we be holy as he is holy in this wicked and depraved generation? How'd you say? Through, through the blood of Christ. That's true. But how are we set apart on a daily basis? Okay, we go, in, we go into our workplaces. We're here on Sunday morning. We can, we can shine up and look good on Sunday morning. We can, we can spout all the right stuff. But how do we act different on a daily basis in our workplace? Power of the Holy Spirit, that's true. And I want to show you something else, what, what the Word of God says about it. If you flip a few more pages to your left to the book of John, I want you to go to John chapter 17. You're called to be set apart. You're called to be holy. But how do we become holy in this wicked and depraved generation? Paul says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? Romans chapter 12, he says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Remember what Mom always said? Garbage in. Okay, if you want to change what comes out, you need to change what's put in. Okay, come down here. So you've got John 17. Let's look at verse 16. It says, they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Verse 17, read it with me. Sanctify them in the truth. Set them apart by your truth. What is your truth? Your word is truth. That's why the word of God is important. Truth is important. This is your source of truth. Run to it. This is the truth that we need to build our lives upon. And what we build on is a foundation. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, he says, Paul is talking about spreading the gospel. He says, I can lay no other foundation than that which is already laid, and that is Christ Jesus. Foundation is, our foundation in, in faith is, is Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Okay? Christ is faultless. Our faith, on the other hand, sometimes has a little has some cracks. How many of your houses have a crack in the foundation? Okay, you didn't look at the foundation to see the crack. You noticed the, founda- you noticed the crack in the foundation by what you see going up the block wall of your house. If our foundation is cracked, the whole structure is in jeopardy. So what I, what I like to do on Wednesday night and Sunday mornings is to shore up those cracks. If, you're, if your faith has some cracks in it due to, to doubts, that's where that coworker, that professor, that teacher is going to find their way in and use that to destroy your faith. I try to shore up those cracks. That's where, that's where God has led me to, to go because I needed that. We're going to be hit with some questions going through life. Your young people are. Maybe you're struggling with them right now. This is not just about young people because we're all dealing with the same questions. Here's some of the questions that we've gone over on Wednesday night. What is the gospel? A few months ago, Pastor Todd said, 
I want everyone to take out this piece of paper and write down what is the gospel. Do you remember him doing that? Kind of, okay. Okay, there's 300 people in the room. You might get 250 different answers, which could be kind of scary. Okay, Jesus said at, at the end of his ministry, he says, go and share the gospel with all nations. If we are not coming to the table with the gospel, how can we share it? Do you know where to look to find what the gospel is? Okay. In your Bible, flip back to the right. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Okay. If you need to write this in the front cover of your Bible, what is the gospel? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that's what I would do. There's no shame in writing stuff in there. It's your Bible. You can write all over it. It records what you've learned so that you can go back and refer to it later. So if someone asks you a question, you may not remember it, but you know where to look. 1 Corinthians chapter three, uh, 15, verse, verse 3 and 4. He says, For I delivered to you as of first importance, that means it's really important, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. We had a sin penalty, and Christ paid it. He died for us. According to the Scriptures, that means all this Old Testament stuff that can be some hard reading sometimes. Yeah, he said it in there. It was pre-planned in there that he was going to die according to the Scriptures. Verse 4, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He told you he was going to do that too, and he did. And then he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then the twelve, all the twelve disciples minus Judas. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, and then later to Paul. So there's proof that it happened. 500 people can't make up a, make up a story. They said most of them are still alive, so they could, have contrad- they could have contradicted it, but they couldn't. That's the gospel. We had a sin penalty. He died for it. Right now he's in heaven. Uh, he rose again, securing our victory. That's the gospel. How do I share it? These are questions that your middle school and high schoolers have gone through during this school year. If you're having trouble with these, we're going to talk about what you can do to, to get those, those cracks shored up in your foundation. What scripture can I use? This is a question. We actually dealt with uh, one series that we worked on this uh, spring was tough questions. How does a loving God send people to hell? Has anyone ever asked you that question? How can you answer him? Your middle school and high schoolers can answer him. I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to answer all these questions for you, but I'll tell you this one. God doesn't send people to hell. Hell is a choice based on what we do with Jesus. So if you're in here and you're, you're the ain't, that's, that's where we're going. He doesn't send people to hell as a choice. But what about those people who have never heard? All those people in the middle of South America or jungles of Africa or whatever. Okay. We answered that question too. You can ask your middle schooler and high schoolers about that. Why does God allow people to suffer? None of us have ever dealt with suffering before, so that doesn't apply to us. Uh, but suffering has a purpose. We talked about Satan, angels, and spiritual battle. Where, where can you find that in the Bible? Because people will say a lot of stuff about all those things, but you need to know what truth is about it. That's what your middle schoolers and high schoolers have been learning about this year. Sunday mornings, we dealt with topics on creation. Was Jesus a good teacher, just a, a moral man, or was he really God? We talked about, uh, is Jesus the only way? Easter morning, we talked about other theories on the, on the resurrection and why the biblical account can be proved, why we can trust it. 
These are questions that you might have that your young people have been getting information on. The reason I, the reason I do this is because I struggle with the same things. I wanted to prove it all wrong so I didn't have to believe it. Because if I, if I could prove it wrong, then I didn't have to be accountable to it. But if it's true, you're making a huge decision based on faulty information. So we need to know what truth is. Okay? For my high schoolers, and I, know, I know I've emphasized it a bunch of my high schoolers and with my middle schoolers, there's three things that I, that I emphasize to grow in the image of Christ. One, you need to have, well, before that, you need to have that relationship with Christ. But there's three things. Where's my middle and high schoolers at? What's one of them? Keep going. Time. Got to do the retread. Okay. Time in the word. If you don't spend time in the word, it, the sanctifying, you, you're kind of, you're stifling God's revelation to you. Time in the word. Time in prayer and fellowship with other believers. That's where iron sharpens iron. You need to have communication with your father. It's a huge thing. If you do these three things, time in the word, time in prayer, fellowship with other believers, that's going to help you grow in the image of Christ. Now, if you have cracks in your foundation, things that you doubt with or struggle with, or you just want to know more, what can you do? Okay, maybe there's someone else that you trust, that you know has an understanding of Scripture. You need to humble yourself and say, I need help. I want to know this. Can you teach me? Can you guide me? Okay, that's entering into that discipleship process. We heard a lot about discipleship from David over here. That's something that we need to enter into. We need to have that. We have a lot of fellowship here, but we need fellowship. We need to follow people. The people who have gone ahead of us, God has put those people in our lives so that we can grow in his image. So I'm going to encourage you to find those people, put yourself under their leading, and then compare everything they teach you back to the word. If it's not in the word, you better find somebody else. Okay? All right. Well, that's what we do on, our, on Sundays and, and Wednesdays, Tuesdays at the high school, is put out truth. Truth does one of two things. Either attracts people to it or it makes people run away. So uh, that's, that's my prayer for this church is that we would be a source of truth and that people would be attracted to it like moths to a flame. Chris made a plug for his camp. I'm going to do the same thing. At the end of the summer, um, last week of July, we've got stay-at-home work camp. It's up in Lake Wales. It's put on by the Lake Wales Care Center. We start out the morning with morning devo- devotionals, and then we go out to work sites. We're actually the hands and feet of Jesus in the community. We've painted houses. We ripped off a roof and put a new roof on the house. We laid pipe, moved block, worked in a thrift store, all sorts of stuff. Then came together for uh, morning worship, praise and worship, and then a message put on by um, your, the, camp, uh, the youth pastors who are there at the camp. And it was, it was a great time. It puts you out of your comfort zone for sure. When you're out of your comfort zone, that's where you grow the most. And I'm going to encourage you, one, if you haven't been on a mission trip, do it. Two, if you've got a kid that that you need to, to push out of their comfort zone, I'll take them. Um, and, it, and it was it was a little uncomfortable. I'm going to tell you that I was a little bit nervous the first year, too, because we stay at the Third World Missionary Training Village behind Warner Southern College. There's no electricity and no phones all week, which is kind of a welcome break. You know, some panic disorder sets in among some of the young people when they say no phones, but it's okay. You're going to be okay if you're incommunicado for a week. Um, but something happens when you disconnect. You get to focus on what's real. Because all this, I don't even have my phone wherever it is. All that stuff is fake. 
it's, a, it's an illusion. It's a distraction to keep you from what's right in front of you. So um, I'll take them. If, if, you wanna, if your kid wants to go, it's 150 bucks. If you can't afford it, maybe there's someone in this room who would pay to send your kid to subject them to that kind of stuff, which would be fantastic. I've got some adults going with me as well this time, which I'm really excited about so they can see what I got to see last year. It was, it was life-changing. Food's good, and we just, we just have a, a really good time. Um, and, it, and you come away changed. If you're interested for your, your student, they can get 32 hours for high school community service all in one week, and um, they come away with a skill. And maybe probably the best skill that they come back with, especially being this last week of July, if you ever worked outside in the Florida during in Florida during the summertime, it's hot. Maybe they're going to be ready to get back to school and in the air conditioning. Um, sometimes when you when, when you work with your back, working with your brain isn't that bad. So um, again, I appreciate. It. I know we're over time. Uh, I hope this time has been beneficial for you. Um, more than anything, I, I want truth to be something that we're known for in this community. Let's all be a source of truth. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you and, and come before you, listen to your word, and, and come before your throne and worship. Father, we want to be sources of truth. Individually and as a church, let us be known in this community for truth. Let us draw people to you and help them to seek you as we hold out the word of life. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>